You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here as we are halfway through the week, heading into the 4th of July coming up on Thursday. Uh, A couple more shows to go this week as this week's a little bit different, a little weird with the uh, holiday in the middle of the week, but I'll get you a couple more shows this week and maybe this can help if you have some traveling to do over the next day or so. Locked On Vols, always a great option. You can just tell your smartphone to play podcast Locked on Vols. Now, if you're driving, especially in your, if you're in the state of Tennessee, put the phone down once you get going in the car. But all you have to do is say, play podcast, Locked on V-O-L-S. You can also find the show on the uh, Apple and Google podcast platforms, the Himalaya app. Spotify has Locked on Vols as well. Thanks for being here on the show. Welcome to all new listeners as well. Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up on today's show, in the first segment, I'm going to talk about Tennessee football players who you know, have a really good chance to emerge this year. The, the topic is going to be players that would be hardest to replace if they were unavailable. And it's going to be a list other than Jarrett Garantano, because I'll get to it in a moment, but I think we all agree Garantano would be difficult to replace. Maybe we don't all agree, but I think most of us would. So that's coming up in segment number one. In segment number two, I'm going to bring you an interview that I had with Rachel Barbeau. She is a college football reporter, a host on SiriusXM, has worked with ESPN, and she spoke to the Tennessee football program before Jeremy Pruitt's first season. And I saw on social media, Rachel shared a video from her time at Tennessee, and I thought, you know what, I enjoyed talking to her and and. This would be a good time for you to hear her message in what she shared with Tennessee's football team. So that's coming up in segment number two. And in segment number three, a Tennessee basketball player enters the transfer portal, what it might say about Tennessee's roster heading into this upcoming season. That's all right here on Locked on Vols today. Again, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. So this idea came from Will Shelton of GameDayOnRockyTop.com. He joins us every Friday on Sports 180 on WNML in Knoxville. And when he was on last week, he mentioned a, a piece that he put up at their website. And I'll share a link to it in the show notes here for this episode. So check the show notes if you want to check it out. Really good website, GameDayOnRockyTop.com. But the topic was the toughest players to replace, the guys that would be hardest to replace on this Tennessee football team besides Jarrett Garantano. Maybe we don't all agree, but I think Garantano has to be number one. He is uh, he's a guy that comes back with a lot of experience at a very important position, the most important position, and the only players behind him are J.T. Shrout and Brian Maurer. Neither player has ever taken a snap in college football. So your only other two scholarship options would be taking their first snap ever the first time they go out there this season for Tennessee. So Garantano's number one on the list. I'll set him aside. So I thought I'd give you five other players, and I would love to hear your feedback on the subject. Number five on my list, I'm going to go from number five to number one. Number five is Ty Chandler, Tennessee starting running back, a guy who has all SEC potential. I have him down on the list because it is a position where I think you can replace someone and still be able to continue on. Tennessee has a freshman who was on campus, and Eric Gray, that's very talented. He would have a chance to step up if Tennessee had to replace Ty Chandler. Tim Jordan has played a good amount of football. 
Jeremy Banks is somebody the coaching staff likes. He needs to hold on to the football. That's going to be very important if Banks is going to play this year as a sophomore. And don't get me wrong here. Chandler is a good player. He could be higher on this list, but I have him at number five. I think Chandler would be a really tough player to replace because of his home run ability that he has within the offense. Skill positions can be difficult to discuss because you just automatically have depth there because a lot of guys play at the position. Uh, whether we're talking about running back or receiver. And number four for me is wide receiver Juwan Jennings. You could go with Marquez Callaway here, especially with his involvement in special teams. T- uh, Ty Chandler would uh, count there. But Tennessee has some guys that can replace the kick and punt return positions if need be. Uh, I'll go with Juwan Jennings because of the versatility that he brings in the offense. And I am talking about a healthy Juwan Jennings. Last year he was productive for Tennessee. He was helpful within the offense not being at 100%, and for the most part, not being close to 100%. I think a healthy Juwan Jennings can really change this offense under Jim Chaney because of his ability to move around. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. He can line up in the offensive backfield as well. He's played a lot. He's a really good blocker. Juwan is a guy that just with all of his experience and playmaking ability, he brings a lot to the offense. Now, Tennessee still has Marquez Callaway. Tennessee still has Josh Palmer. Some other guys like Tyler Bird, who's a senior. Jordan Murphy's played some. Some young, talented players that will have a chance to emerge this fall or as the year goes along. But I still think Juwan Jennings would be a really tough player to replace with all that he brings to the table and all that he can add into the offense. So Juwan Jennings is number four on my list of the hardest players to replace on this Tennessee football team. Number three is Dominique Wood Anderson. He's a player that was mentioned by Will Shelton in his piece at Game Day on Rocky Top. And that's because Wood Anderson is a guy that I think can be a playmaker in this offense. Tennessee is fairly unproven at tight end. It's a deep group in terms of the players that are there. And I'll be curious to see what the two freshmen are able to do, Sean Brown and Jackson Lowe, to see how involved they are. But right now, we are talking about a couple of true freshman. Is Jacob Warren ready to help? You have Austin Pope who can uh, play and, and he will play for Tennessee on the offensive side. But when Anderson is clearly their number one guy and he is somebody that has NFL potential. I, I can't say that about the other players just yet. The freshman, you know, I can make a case, but that's really looking far ahead. Right now, Dominique Wood Anderson is a guy that projects to possibly be in the NFL in 2020. So with the involvement that he should have in the passing game, the questions behind him at his position, and I think the the need that Tennessee will stress to him that is there for him to play really well, Dominique Wood Anderson is third on my list. Number two and number one will go over to the defensive side. The first three have been offensive players. Number two on my list is defensive lineman Emmett Gooden, and that is for a number of reasons. Number one, Tennessee is looking for a veteran to step up and help lead. Well, they don't have many veterans that are available right now. Emmett Gooden is a guy that played last year. He's an older player. He's only in his second year at Tennessee as a JUCO transfer before the 2018 season. But Gooden is a guy that needs to step up. Is he going to be the best defensive lineman? I don't know. And right now I'm having this conversation with the question surrounding Aubrey Solomon's status. If Solomon is granted eligibility as a transfer from Michigan, if he's able to play this year, that does make things a little bit easier on the defensive line. Matthew Butler could be Tennessee's best defensive lineman this year. Maybe one of the younger guys emerges like John Mincy, Karat Garland, 
who was very limited during the spring, really didn't practice on that side, Kingston Harris. There are a number of players. Savion Williams is a JUCO transfer, as well as Darrell Middleton. But all of those players represent unknowns. Emmett Gooden is a guy that we know Tennessee is going to count on. So if he were to go down, if he were unavailable, it would really raise the level of question I think we have with Tennessee's defensive line. So number two on my list is Emmett Gooden. Number one on my list, besides Jarrett Garantano, of the hardest players for Tennessee's football team to replace this year, would be Daryl Taylor. The outside linebacker is a guy who really has all SEC potential this year. He has flashed the ability to make a big difference. Look what he did in the Georgia game last year, and look at what Taylor did against Kentucky. If he can play like that on a consistent week-in, week-out basis, he can really change Tennessee's defense. If Taylor were unavailable, I don't know who steps up in that role. DeAndre Johnson is a guy that Tennessee hopes can be a consistent player for them, that can play good football this year. Jordan Allen is a player who came in last year from junior college and uh, decided to stay. He entered the transfer portal, decided to stay at Tennessee. Tennessee would love to get something from uh, Jordan Allen. You have Kevon Bennett. He's a player that yeah, I do think has developed under this coaching staff and has a chance to help Tennessee. But is he ready to be a potential All-SEC player? No, I, I can't say that right now. Uh, you could move some guys around. Quavaris Crouch is a true freshman who could maybe help. Daniel Batuli is somebody that I think Tennessee will rely on as a pass rusher. But that's really kind of forcing the conversation. Taylor is a guy that we easily lead the conversation with. So the number one player on my list, other than Jarrett Garantano, the hardest player for Tennessee to replace if it had to this year, to me, would be outside linebacker Daryl Taylor. Now, who did I miss? I'll just run through some names. I mentioned Batuli. He could have been on this list. Marquez Calloway, Nigel Warrior as a veteran there at safety. Uh, Bryce Thompson, I think. If you're picking a corner, Bryce would be the answer. Now, is, is it him or Elante Taylor? Both have a chance to be really good players this year. Another reason that you might go with Bryce Thompson is if you take him off the field or Elante, you really have some depth questions at corner because I think we're going to go into the fall wondering, okay, can Sean Schamberger step up? Is Warren Burrell ready to play? They're going to need him to be, I'd say, as a true freshman. So you, you really have some unknown if you were to take Thompson or Taylor off the field. So I, I didn't put Bryce on my top five list. I didn't put Daniel Batuli in there, Callaway, Nigel, or Trey Smith. Trey is almost already an answer because right now Tennessee is having to work on replacing him along the offensive line. If he were to be cleared and were able to play, well, he becomes an all-SEC candidate. So we already know that Trey is difficult to replace because, unfortunately, we've seen Tennessee have to do that as uh, Trey continues to work through his medical situation. It's an interesting topic. If you have any thoughts on it, I'm on Twitter, at Josh underscore Ward, and Facebook, facebook.com slash Josh Ward. The players you think that Tennessee would have the hardest time replacing if they needed to this upcoming season. Coming up next, a conversation with Rachel Barbeau, college football reporter and radio host, talking about her talk with Tennessee's football program. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. Today presented by Twillery.com slash Locked on. You want to use the promo code Locked on. That's all one word to get $25 off your first order there at Twillery. Twillery is such a great site with so many great options for you. Twillery has shirts that won't wrinkle, itch, or sweat. It's 2019. They have the technology, that's right, technology 
to give you the kind of clothing that you're looking for. They have non-iron, untuckable, and performance dress shirts for as low as $55 each when you bundle four or more. With free shipping and returns, you can try on some twills risk-free. After all, filling is believing. I got a new non-iron shirt from Twillery very recently. I love it. I love the material. Smart casual just got smarter and cheaper thanks to Twillery. So go to twillery.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on. One word to get $25 off. T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y.com slash locked on. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to bring you a conversation I had before the 2018 college football season with Rachel Barbeau, who covers college football and also travels around and speaks to teams. I saw her share a video from her time at Tennessee last summer when she spoke to the Tennessee football team. So I called Rachel and talked to her about the experience visiting with Tennessee's football team, Jeremy Pruitt's first team in Knoxville, and getting a sense for the message that she delivers to college football teams. I thought it was an interesting conversation and wanted to bring it to you. So here's my conversation with Rachel Barbeau, first talking about the message that she delivers to teams, including the University of Tennessee. It's really evolved um, and, and gained so much steam, and, and so I'm constantly self-editing what we're talking about. Um, but the, the, the first talk is just a lot. I mean, the first talk is um, it, we talk about purpose, passion, and platform, right? So that Tennessee, powered by the T, is a platform. You can use it. You can tweet about your horoscope, or you can tweet to impact a young man's life. You know, you can impact a, a sick child's life. You can, you know, use it, your platform, your social media platform, to, to build somebody up, build your brand, and, and do good in the world, and, you know, set the world on fire with your good deeds and change the narrative on, on college athletics and athletes. Or you can, you know, use it to uh, to tear yourself down and tear others down. And so we talk about that. You know, we, we also talk about stereotypes. And, and one of the things that I think these players really uh, lean in and, and love me because I come in, I, I don't preach at them. I come to fight for them. I ask them, what stereotypes are you facing? I'm a dumb jock. I'm entitled. I'm selfish. Uh, you know, uh, th- these are the things I hear from them, literally. And so we talk about how do we change those stereotypes we proved them wrong. So we talk about those things, and then we move on into uh, what I think is the, the greatest secret to life. And my friend Kevin Turner taught me, who played for the Patriots, the Eagles, in Alabama and had ALS, is that it's not about you. You were not born for you. Contrary to what you were told growing up, that it, it's all about you run faster, hit harder, baby, your work is in football, you were born for more than just to be a football player. And that doesn't take anything away from Jeremy Pruitt as a coach. That means I want to develop you in other ways so that you are a better football player on the field. I want to clean out your junk, get you to forgive people, clear the air, live like a king, be proud of yourself so that you can be a better football player. And finally, we talk about being a king. And when you're a king in every facet of your life, you'll get a queen one, but uh, you'll just live a, a different life and you'll breathe rarefied air. So there's a lot of things that we hit on. We also hit on 
uh, mental health, masculinity and mental health, and dating. So there's, uh, there's so many things we hit on, and it's why I go back to programs to drill down on themes of forgiveness, uh, dating, uh, being a king, uh, what is your purpose outside of football? Because we hit so many topics, my friend, in, in the first time I'm there. I'm talking to Rachel Barbeau. She covers college football. She's also founder of Changing the Narrative. Check out imchangingthenarrative.org. And Rachel, when you walk in and you talk to the to different teams, you talk to Tennessee on Monday. When you walk in and talk to the team, you don't just walk in, talk, and walk out. You spend some time talking to the players afterward as well. What kind of feedback or what kind of experience did you have getting to talk directly with some of Tennessee's players? Well, in, and that's the thing. I've had uh, I've had ADs tell me and coaches tell me that that's where I'm different. And no disrespect to to other speakers, but uh, but some uh, some speakers come, they speak, and then they're gone. You know, they're they're out of there. And I never wanted to be that. And, and developing this program, I literally wanted to be a lifer for these guys. If anybody you know needs me, wants to talk, wants you know anything, I, I want to be that that person that that they know that they can come to you and, and pour their guts out. And they, they did that. And so there's a reason why at the end I give them my social media handle. They follow me. I follow them back. And then it gives us a safe place to DM. So we have that connection there. Um, and it's like, you know, Coach Simon told me yesterday, he said, you know, when they know you care about them and know you don't want anything from them, man, that's everything. So, yeah, so I've always made myself available uh, after the talk um, to stay. And, and yesterday it was, you know, uh, Condor Tolloway, which is a dear friend of mine, said, man, it, you know, it speaks volumes that you're here just as long as your talk was. And so, you know, the guys were waiting. That's the thing. Condor said, you know, it's crazy to me that <clears throat> there's guys there and there's food downstairs and they can go and it's technically their off day and they're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to talk to you and hug you and tell you what the talk meant to them and how they're going to change the world and what they're going to do. And and so that, to me, is everything. And, and when I was driving back to Nashville last night, just, just spent, you know, um, left it all on that meeting room floor in, in Knoxville, and, and that's the way that it's supposed to be. And I, I feel like I was created to do this, created to impact these players, and I have been in touch with, with a number of them since I left. Yeah, why has this been so important to you, Rachel? Because I see, uh, I saw in the, in the summer of 2016, our sport, was being judged by a couple of guys that were doing it the wrong way, right? Like a black eye literally was on our sport. I mean, if you got on the news in 2016, the summer of 2016, it was sexual violence, domestic violence, felonies, guys getting in trouble. It was negative, 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 negative. I mean, it was terrible. And I just said, this is not the sport that I know. And, and all of these athletes and all of these coaches are being judged by what a few do. And so what can we do to change that is what I said. I'm just the kind of girl, I'm a do-something girl. You know, I see a problem, I attack it, I go for it and, and figure out what, what it is we need to do to fix it. That's, that's who I am. And there were people at that time that said, hey, it is what it is. It's 2016. It's boys being boys. You know, guys will get in trouble. It's just reported more now because of, of social media. And I said, no, that's not good enough for me. It's not for a couple of guys to steal the headline when there's so many guys doing good things out there. And so I tell them, help, help me, help me. You help me change, you know, change the narrative. Um, you know, I'm out there fighting for you on the front lines. I need you in your universities to be on the ground changing the narrative. If a guy's talking crap about a girl, you need to be strong enough to say, nah, dude, you can't talk about her like that. She's not a hoe. She's a girl. You know, if a guy's not doing the right thing on your on your team, you got to be strong enough to put your finger in his chest and say, 
that's not right for you and that's not right for us. So we talk about being kings uh, in, in every facet of your life, but it's important to me because as they have taught me, as I've been on the road for two years, this month is my two-year anniversary of changing the narrative, and now 31 schools later, which is just <laughs> just unreal to me, but they've taught me that they're dying for you to know who they are besides being a football player. They're dying for you to know that. And that doesn't make them less of a football player. It just means they were born for more than just football. And there is a reason why I think it's 79%, my friend Aaron Taylor told me, they used to play for Notre Dame that was with CBS. We were talking about stats the other day. I think it's 79% of, of guys that get out of the NFL within five years are drug addicted, broke, divorced, or all of the above. And that's because we have an identity issue going on in college football, college athletics as a whole, but college football in particular, where young men are so closely identifying with, with football that when it's done with them, they don't even know who the hell they are. And I had a guy stand in front of me last night, and I'll never forget this. I mean, his beautiful brown eyes. And he stood in front of me, and we both almost cried, and he said, where I come from, nobody ever taught me that, that I was supposed to be anything other than a football player. My whole life, and I'm going to try not to cry, my whole life, I thought I was just a football player. That's all I was created for. And you stood in front of me tonight, and you told me, like, the impossible, that I can be more, that I was meant for more than just to be a football player, that I have other qualities than just being a football player. And, man, that wrecked me in the best possible way. And that's the kind of stuff that gives me fuel to keep going and going and going and going. That's Rachel Barbeau. You can check out her website, imchangingthenarrative.org. She's on Twitter, simply at Rachel Barbeau. What a great difference she makes. I really enjoyed the conversation with Rachel. Coming up in the final segment of Locked on Vols, a Tennessee basketball player enters the transfer portal. What it says about the roster the Vols will have this upcoming season. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. You can find every day, anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you uh, download the show, but also subscribe. If you subscribe, then it'll be right there in your feed as soon as it posts, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, the new Himalaya app, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can find Locked on Vols and spread the word to other Tennessee fans about the podcast as it's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. News came out Monday afternoon that DJ Burns has entered the transfer portal. And a lot of Tennessee fans had to say, huh? DJ Burns just spent this past basketball season redshirting as a freshman after he enrolled early. Uh, he reclassified, I should say, and enrolled at Tennessee, spent the last year with the team. And the thought was that he was working to get better so that he could really be ready to go this upcoming season. Now, one response I've heard is, you know, if, if he really was going to play at that high of a level, at least the way people talked about him, would he really have redshirted? Wouldn't he have helped Tennessee as a true freshman when they kind of needed some help in the post? Now Tennessee's in a position where Grant Williams, Kyle Alexander, and Admiral Schofield are gone. Derek Walker transferred to Nebraska. It is going to be a new-look front court for Tennessee. John Fulkerson is back. He'll be a fourth-year junior. He'll play. And then you have some question marks. There are players to talk about, but we don't know exactly what they're going to be able to add to Tennessee and, and to what level they'll be able to play. What we do know is that replacing those guys who are gone will be really difficult. Burns is a guy that was often talked about as somebody who could help Tennessee. 
uh, with his talent. He was well thought of as a, a prospect. Tennessee beat out South Carolina for Burns. The thought was, okay, with the chance to learn behind these veterans, get established in the culture at Tennessee, work on his body, that he would be ready to go. And that's just not the case. The reports recently coming out of workouts and practices was that you know, he, he really was not looking great. So I don't think this changes much in terms of what Burns would have offered Tennessee. I don't think he was going to really contribute this much. So I mentioned John Fulkerson coming back. You have Zach Kent, who is still on the team. He has not really contributed for Tennessee to this point. You have some newcomers, Olivier Kumwa, Drew Pember. He's a freshman from Bearden. Eve Pons is a guy that I think probably factors into this conversation. We'll see exactly what his role is, but I think Pons is somebody that you know, he has size, he can rebound, very athletic, can defend multiple positions. Pons is somebody to pay attention to heading into his third season in the program. And then the big question right now would be Uros Plavsic, the transfer from Arizona State. Is he going to be granted a waiver to play right away? Rick Barnes spoke recently on the SEC Coaches Teleconference, the summer teleconference, and was very confident and spoke with great optimism that Plavsic would be able to get that waiver and would be eligible to play right away. I don't know exactly what he offers, but I've heard good things about how he's looked in workouts. He's never played before. He redshirted this past year at Arizona State. But if Tennessee doesn't get Plavsic eligible, the Vols have a real problem in the front court. They still have some things to figure out, and there are still concerns even if Plavsic is eligible to play this year. And again, Rick Barnes is confident that that will happen. You just have a great unknown, and there's going to be a pretty clear drop-off from what Tennessee had last year, which brings the conversation back to the backcourt. We know that Jordan Bowden, Lamonte Turner, and true freshman Josiah James are going to have to help lead Tennessee's basketball team. Tennessee needs... Uh, Jalen Johnson, a fourth-year junior, to be able to contribute and help Tennessee's basketball team win games as well. So a big question right now, Tennessee not getting Kerry Blackshear Jr. and seeing him go to Florida really hurt Tennessee. We'll, we'll see if there are other options out there, as Tennessee does have a scholarship to work with if D.J. Burns is leaving Tennessee's basketball team. But news on Monday, D.J. Burns, who redshirted this past season, looks to be on his way out from Tennessee's basketball program. That is going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Vols. Coming up on the next show, more talk about some former Tennessee basketball players who could help Tennessee on the recruiting trail in the future and updates on Tennessee football recruiting. I'll get to that on the next Locked on Vols. Remember to download, subscribe, rate, and review. By the way, for NBA fans, as you hear promos, the Locked on NBA network, whether it's the Locked on NBA or the team-specific shows, Great options to check out with all the movement around the league as well. My name's Josh Ward. I appreciate you being here today. I'll see you next time on Locked on Vaults.